What's up and welcome to Difficulty Class, a show where we gather around this podcast table in your ears and talk about some Dungeons and Dragons. Each week, we, or a listener like you, writing into difficultyclass at gmail.com, come up with a topic, question, encounter, or anything else that might somehow be related to RPGs and have some fun talking about it. I am one of your hosts, Trevor Bettis, and with me this week is... Allie Deitchman. That's right, and before we dive into our two topics for the week, we're going to do a quick bit of dungeon keeping. As you may have noticed, this is not our normal intro. (laughs) This is now our normal intro. Uh, (laughs) We're shaking things up a little bit here on the show, Uh, mainly as with combat pacing, for pacing reasons. Um, We kind of felt that we were getting kind of stale or just, you know, ah, I can't think of the right word, just going through the motions and whatnot, so... We've decided that we are going to take How Are Your Games last week, and we're turning them into a new show called Previously On, mm-hmm. and that is going to go up every Saturday morning. Yeah. So you'll get two topics here on the normal show that'll be the ones that are numbered and everything like that. They'll show you what topic it is, and that's just going to be us talking about different aspects of the game, making encounters, uh, having some fun. Maybe we'll even do games at some point. Who the heck knows? It's a, it's a whole new ball game. Mm-hmm. Um and so that's where this is going to live. And then our talk, us talking about our home games, which will have spoilers for some stuff, but we're going to time uh, stamp them. So don't worry. Uh, we'll go up on Saturday. So you're pretty much getting a, a double dose of us every week. Then for the news, we also kind of felt like we were just kind of running through it and just getting through it so we could get to the topics and not being able to have good conversations about it. And at times, I'll admit, I've had to like kind of fill it with stuff because I'm like, well, we do news, so let's do some news. So what we're going to do instead is we're only going to do news when there's something big going on. And that will be its own bonus episode, which will be called Broadsheets. Mm -hmm. Well, you're still going to keep that name going. But when, like, like earlier this year when Rhyme the Frostmaiden got announced, we did an episode with Justice where it was all about that. We went through the entire D&D Live thing, and that's what those episodes will be like, where it's more of us talking about something that got announced, something that's happening, um, and really giving our full thoughts on it and having a good discussion about it, giving you a good episode just about that. Yeah. Uh, we'll still do bonus episodes for UAs. But for this, uh, we're, for this show, this is where we're going to keep... Our topics, our DC spotlights, and Champions Loot. However, this week's Champions Loot is going to be in tomorrow's previously on first episode. So if you want to get that code, listen tomorrow morning and uh, you, you'll get it there in the middle. And um, norm, it will normally now be here just before DC Spotlight in the middle. So now the format of the show is going to be we do the intro and we dive immediately into our first topic. Yep. No messing around, no fluff or whatnot we're going right into topics we'll take a little break in the middle to do some champions loop some dc spotlight and then we're going to hop right back into the second in, uh se- second topic and that's going to be the show yeah we're, we're hopping right into the the main quest line those who want the lore can uh go listen on saturday yeah yeah we, we've we've <laughs> taken the side quest and we've put them in other places yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah so i i even think like when we do listener mail and stuff like that like we might do it at the end of this one or we might just turn it into its own topic i know i've talked with aaron about a few things that i'm like oh that could be a really cool topic we might do that and so now we have more time to do that mm-hmm. we're, we're not constrained going like oh we're getting a little long here we should rush this one up now we've just got a full one so 
in that uh, vein, let's hop in to our first topic, which is uh, XP leveling versus milestone leveling. Oh my Something God, that yeah. we've talked about a few times here. Uh, but we wanted wanted to like just kind of throw off the chains and just be like, all right, let's let's go full bore on this. <laughs> yeah, and and we're not. I'm not. At least I know I'm not going to be the kind of person to be like, never do experience leveling up. Uh, I'm I'm going to talk about my experience with both because <laughs> there are some some benefits that I can I can immediately think of. Um, I guess we could start I... with saying like, what do you prefer? Well, I honestly prefer Milestone. Mm-hmm. Um, I've actually never done experience in 5th edition. Oh. Um, I, when I got Tyranny of Dragons and they were like, oh, you could level people up by chapter. I'm like, oh, okay. That's nice. Let's do, let's, <laughs> let's, let's, let's give that a shot. And I, and I pretty much really fell in love with it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, I thought back to like 4th edition where I did XP and we did have a level up in the middle of a game. I'm like, this is a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> They're way ahead of what I should be at because I just want to keep making cool encounters, but it's putting them ahead of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, I love Milestone. How about you? Yeah, uh, I would say comfortably. It depends on the group. <laughs> okay um for my i'm more selfish over here <laughs> <laughs> for my uh role play group who's very heavily focused on what happens out of combat um very much milestone 100 percent. but if mm-hmm. i'm playing with a group that really enjoys combat and really enjoys the challenges like that i would stick closer to experience leveling up yeah but the uh, personally well, for me i would say uh, milestone <laughs> okay now um you did uh, uh you you did both throughout this campaign that you're running yes you, you didn't you started off as xp yes they pretty much right now they're at level 16 uh we did levels one through nine as pure experience so uh, oh i didn't realize it went on that long yeah um i even have like my little box with all the note cards of all the the monsters that I that I made, mm-hmm. <laughs> I even have a, like a little chart where it's like, oh yeah, they level up at experience uh, forty eight thousand at level nine and thirty four thousand at level eight. So that way, I would keep track of it easily instead of referring okay. to the player's handbook. Um, yeah, it was it was very beneficial for me because at the time I was very much not able to plan out too much and being mm-hmm. able to, uh, I'm, I say that and it's hilarious because what I'm going to say about leveling up and with experience does not line up with that (laughs) Mm -hmm. but um as i've said before on this show i very much based this game off of the neverwinter mmo and when this uh when we started playing this game about like midway through it the xanathar's guide kind of came out and in it, it actually had a full on like encounter builder and like, oh, if these creatures mm-hmm. are C are this, that means that like, and your players are this level, then this is how you build a balanced encounter. So I would actually sit down, build creatures to be a balanced encounter based around the quest that I know they were going to go on because the MMO said so. Mm-hmm. So for me, all that prep work was easier. <laughs> Yeah, which sounds ridiculous, but it's super true because I already mm-hmm. knew where they were going to go. I knew what possible encounters they were going to do because I already had them all lined out. Yeah. And with them being all lined out, I'm like, OK, they're going to be going through this many 
orcs and that's going to be this much experience time how many orcs it was and um i will tell them at the end of the session i'm like hey guys you got this much experience and they're like cool and it's like and you finish a quest hey you got this much experience for that they're like cool you did a little bonus thing during that quest you got this much experience and they'd be like yeah and they'd write it down and um they they i will say the players did enjoy leveling up that way um it really got them to understand like the the level advancement wasn't a surprise so they actually got to yeah. see how powerful their characters were getting actively on their pages as they finished each combat and like they'd be looking at the cloak tower ahead and they're thinking i don't think we're ready for this and so they go around town like trying to find out a way to be able to make themselves stronger do, they do a grind <laughs> yeah but like actively so it's not just like oh kill a bunch of orcs it's like no we're gonna go help yeah. someone because that's who my group is they are very roleplay heavy and so they wouldn't grind in the old-fashioned sense of mmos but they would grind in the yeah. sense of we need to be a higher level than this and we need more experience literally and figuratively yeah and so i think that's the biggest benefit that i've found from doing experience level up is the concept of uh, being able to actively track your your power creep. It's not all of a sudden like, oh, and we're at the next level. Hey guys, did you know I can talk to you telepathically now? It's like, <laughs> like no, yeah, it's like I can, I, I I can see where we're going. Um, I will preface. No, what, do, uh, oh, sorry, go ahead. I will preface that the way I also leveled them up, levels one through nine, was under uh, a tutor. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They... Every single character had someone who was teaching them how to better themselves. And every time they leveled up, we spent like an hour going with each person saying like, Saphir, you uh, got this feat at this level. Okay, well, you didn't just acquire a feat. You learned how to do it. You knew how to, you 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 did the Man. wanted curve the bullet like montage scene with knives. <laughs> like it's, it, I did that with all of them and so leveling up actually felt like a, its own reward th after the huge experience system yeah that makes sense that 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 sounds cool mm -hmm. i i will like fully admit like that aspect of it sounds really really cool but like i don't like if you if you're in a one location like how your group was yeah i think that would work but like right now my group's in avernus like i don't know if i would be able to do something thematically like that. Yeah. But at the same time, I really love the concept of it because again, you see where your character got this from and your character could be like, Oh, I'm training with this person. I'm going to be able to do this soon instead of just mm -hmm. like, Oh yeah, at the next level I can remove curse. Yeah. Um, and like, but the one, one of the questions I want to have for you though, is mm -hmm. did you ever have a time during that where people were got experience that other people didn't? I was going to bring that up. So oh hey look at that I've played in that game I've never DM'd yeah. that uh, the reason why I've never DM'd it is because I hated it <laughs> um, pretty much the way our old DM would do it would be like hey uh, yeah if you're there for the game and you your character did that thing they got that experience from that from that session okay um, this kind of transferred over from when we played in 4e. Um, when we played in our fourth edition mm -hmm. campaign, that was the exact same way that our DM did it then. So it wasn't like all of a sudden that was how we're doing it. It was kind of like passed along from how we initially played yeah. it all the way back in 2011. And at some point, 
um, I remember I never missed a week of gaming. And so my character was level like eight. Meanwhile, Spencer's character, he got into the campaign when we were already halfway through. And so he, Mm. like when I was level seven, he was level six and like the very like start of level six. And then Mm. we got up to, he was just about to hit level seven and then his character died. Oh shit. And then he had to start back at level six again. Ooh. Meanwhile, my character is halfway through level seven. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Mm. The reason why he started back at level six is because the majority of the others were also level six. Like, like I said, oh, I was the wow. only one that yeah. made it every single session. And so there became this huge power difference between each character. And it was purely a consequence of not being able to make it that week. Mm, yeah, that doesn't feel good. There was no reason in game as to why uh, Nathaniel was weaker technically than katya there was no real reason yeah um and like i i, I just i it, fe- it left a bad taste in my mouth so whenever yeah we someone what didn't make it i'd write down the experience gained that session and when they come in i'd say add this to your experience okay because it just the, the, thinking about it i've only had one game I've only run one game uh, that had experience at different levels for all the players. And stop me if you've heard this one before, but Fantasy Flight Star Wars RPG. <laughs> um, the way that that system works, it, it it's okay if people are at different areas of XP. But yeah, in, in a D&D game, like earlier you said, like I'm never going to tell someone not to, to run XP. I will heavily warn against it and one of the things that i will say is if you do it i i highly recommend doing it as a group xp because yeah that whole you know not being at different levels just because you weren't there doesn't feel good and also like another one was um i was uh uh when Tar was running Pathfinder, we, 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 it was the first time we were ever playing Pathfinder, so we wanted to run it rules as written, so we did it like that. We did it with the XP. And w- the reason we decided to go to group XP was because there was a part where only Kyle and I, Kyle and mine's character, made sense to go out and do this thing. It took maybe 15 minutes, but we got experience points from it. Mm-hmm. And Wiz was like, oh, well, so I didn't get any experience because it didn't make sense for my character to do that. And we're like, that doesn't feel good. Like she's now behind just because her character wouldn't story wise have gone and done that. No, that's a great point. Like as far as tracking it goes, everyone keeps track on their own character sheets, but I guess you could say I, that's what I did. I did group experience. I never did individual after my experience of that because yeah, you could have a, rogue go off and take out a person that they need to or scout an entire dungeon or even like a fighter and a paladin complete their own mini side quest you all were sitting there for that to happen but only two of the characters Mm -hmm. actually did it so it kind of goes to argue like why would those two characters from a very top-down technical standpoint yes they get the experience but from a concept of gameplay and even just having a fun time with your friends it, it doesn't account for it no 
So that's a great so, point. Like group experience, 100% for. I'm okay with that because yeah. especially if you're the type of person to actually plan out, like I used to be, your encounters, it's really helpful because mm-hmm. you'll, you'll hit those level ups as you do and you'll be able to comfortably sit in a level long enough to be comfortable with your character and you won't fly through yeah. things. The the main thing that I am going to, to say for the milestone thing is I I I really enjoy it because let's let's take what I got right now with my descent to over to skin. No spoilers. Um I have players who are level eleven and I have players who are level eight. Mm-hmm. Now trying to figure out encounters to not over level up those lower level players would be a freaking nightmare where I'm still giving it a challenge where the level 11 players, you know, have, you know, sweat a little bit and then, you know, the level eight players do as well. But then also make it so that they're the level eight players aren't getting so much XP that they're leveling up every session because then you get into the problem of, Oh, I didn't have enough time at level six. I don't, I barely got to understand what stuff I got from that level. And now I'm level seven with even more stuff on it. Yeah. I don't know if you actually get stuff at those levels. I'm just using an example, but like, like that is because I do milestone. um, I'm able to keep that balance where I can throw pretty much anything I want at them without I'm not going to, you know, TBK them just from looking at the book. Um, but I can get throw stuff at them that is difficult on both spectrums of their levels and still keep it where they're progressing with the book. Because right now I have those players, the lower level ones, progressing with the Descent into Avernus book. And you said so, that they were level 8 and 11? Yeah. So... For those that are like listening to this and thinking, well, the experience will level itself out because there requires less experience to level up at level eight than it does at eleven. You are only you're 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 not wrong. However, you might be more wrong than you think because going from <laughs> eight to nine is only fourteen thousand experience. Guess how much experience is required for level eleven to twelve? How much? Fifteen thousand experience. Oh, okay. So it's only a thousand experience difference from going from eight to nine and eleven to twelve. So, so then, so they would, so the level eleven players would just outpace them even faster. Yeah. Because they level up to level eight or level nine, and then a thousand experience later, they're level twelve, and then it just keeps repeating like that. Yeah. So it's like, but, it, it's it gets the huge discrepancy is when you get start getting up there, but. Yeah, it takes and and so I I get to to be able to have them progress at the level with the book while also upping the stuff that they're fighting. Because again, even though I'm running the book, I have level eleven players, so I need to keep upping things. Like we had a fight recently with a big bad, and I upped his health and I think maybe his damage. I can't remember, mm-hmm. uh, but to keep it balanced. But the other thing that I'm going to like really get behind on milestone level is I really love surprising my players with a level up. Yeah. Like I I know you're talking about like how like you you love seeing the they're they're planning it out. They know when they're going to get there. But like I I love nothing more than like going to be like, "Oh, by the way, level up." Oh yeah. No, that, that's it's, such yeah, a fun moment. Fun. <laughs> yeah. 
because like I see everyone just like, oh my god, I got to figure out what I'm doing. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah, no, that's totally a fun part of D and D is when you as a DM you have that that slight level of power where you're like, all right, guys, guess what? You get to level up. <laughs> yeah. And and they they do react in a. They're like, yeah, this is great. Because especially after you do a huge milestone situation, like you finished off a boss, you and it's like, oh, man, that was a really tough fight. Well, it's like, congratulations, you guys. You earned this. Mm-hmm. Because like, yeah. sure, treasure is one thing, but leveling up and having new abilities, that's even way better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I got to do that in Storm King's Thunder uh, and like. There, there was one specific fight that they did, and I told them to level up afterwards. That they, the, they were just like that. That felt good. That felt earned. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but what, what, what would you say is some? Because I, I do have some negatives, but I want to know what's some good stuff that you found about do that moving from experience to milestone. Um, I pretty much moved from experience to milestone when I switched to doing Storm King's Thunder as opposed to the. MMO homebrew that I've been building. Mm-hmm. And I mostly did that because the books were like, yeah, they level up here. But also because out of necessity, I w- when I started Storm King's Thunder, I was in a similar situation as you. They were already level 10. Yeah. Storm King's Thunder, you're supposed to start at level 3. And so mm-hmm. it's like, I can't... Big discrepancy. I can't do experience here because the monsters they're fighting aren't going to be enough to level them up at all through this entire campaign. Yeah. But I also want them to level up and so it's like, I had to give up the experience concept and I told all my players and they're like, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> mm-hmm. So they were very much on, on board with it. Um, the differences came from, I mentioned they had tutors and stuff and I pretty much had to drop them from the story. Um, yeah. They were in-story reasons as to why they weren't, quote, necessary anymore. <laughs> yeah. um, but like... Artist Simber was actually one of the tutors and he had to dip out because Storm King's Thunder started. Yep. And uh, that's just like a minor thing. It's not even a major note in the book, so it's not really a spoiler, but yeah, like it's like, oh, okay. So that that's, that's one of the tutors. It's like, um, well, you're now a sorcerer. You don't necessarily need this rogue teacher who you've very much on level with. And he's told you that. So you don't necessarily need your tutor anymore. And so it's like they've reached a point personally where it's like, I can't find anyone better than me to help me do this. And the only exception okay. was when they multiclassed. And so oh, okay. doing multiclass, like not doing multiclass, but like leveling, doing a milestone was really nice storytelling wise because it got to really impress upon them that they are the protagonists of this particular story. There's no one that mm-hmm. like you're matched with except for very big bad people and it's like people will seek you out because of the power level you're at and this milestone kind of really just hit it home for them that concept yeah because they no longer were just like climbing the ladder of like the (laughs) the just like oh yeah no you're 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 getting high up in the harper uh echelon there it's like no you're no longer there you're you're only answering to harper boward you're you're only answering to the guildmaster. It's like, because you're that powerful and you're only getting more powerful as you go on these crazy adventures, saving the world. Like only you guys can save the world because there's no one else better. I will say that that partially falls into one of my negatives. 
Oh, that's hilarious. So, <laughs> so what one of one of the negatives that I have that it, it it's not a big deal, but it could be. So let me put word this way: it's not a negative for me, but it could be a negative for someone else. I feel like my players have almost completely forgotten about levels as a concept in play. They think of it as a they. It seems more of a time as like I just get new stuff because like. I, I feel like when you're doing XP, players have like that moment uh, that we talk about uh, on the uh, tomorrow's episode of previously on uh, about uh, running away from something instead of going at it. Mm-hmm. When I feel like when there's XP, there's more thought behind that. My players are like, "Oh, is that a god of water elemental? I'll jump into it." Uh, <laughs> it's like, and that, that to be fair, that that's that is my group. That is what they do. But I do have to wonder if doing milestone leveling and the ways that I do encounters where I don't really care about levels and stuff like that has gone into them as well, where they're just like, Oh, well I'm not going to worry about it unless it is a really big thing. But to be fair, they've fought some really big stuff. So I don't know if they would even care anymore. Yeah. I mean, Um, like to that end, it's the same could be said for experience though, because the experience leveling, the fact I mentioned earlier, they like, farmed <laughs> quests yeah. to level up because they didn't feel that like they were good enough. Whereas like if it was just milestone, I would have probably just told them, yeah, you guys had done enough. Let's continue on instead of doing a bunch of side yeah. quests that last for five sessions. <laughs> but for me though, like I personally am okay with that because most of the time, like if it is like we're doing this just for the experience, there's not as much soul in it for me. Mm-hmm. Like if they if they're following a thread that I threw down somewhere or that they've picked up themselves or they've made themselves, I feel like that quote unquote side quest means more thematically to them than just because they wanted experience for it. Yeah, that's very true. The the other negative I'm going to put on it, which is completely and utterly my fault, is sometimes I forget to level them up. <laughs> There's a hundred percent been times where halfway through a combat I went, oh no, I forgot to tell them to level up. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I will say that kind of leads itself to the the negative I'm about to say for experience leveling is okay. that uh, we were levels one through nine for like three years. Hmm. But you see, at the same time, though, my players are, you know, on the highest level is level 11, and we're almost at two years. Mm-hmm. So, like, this has almost been letting me slow their levels up over this, you know, campaign, well, multiple campaigns, which I kind of enjoy because it's letting the game last longer. Oh, yeah. Like, 100%, that's the thing. Like, if you're the kind of person that wants to get through a campaign book, like, you're like, I want to do Icewind Dale this summer. It's like, cool. You can do it this summer because it's a milestone-based leveling. You can level up a session. That's very possible. Um, If you listen to the previously on, that quest that I had him do, they would have leveled up. Oh, okay. Um, even though <laughs> they didn't fight anything, they would have leveled up because the book yeah. says they level up after they do this. Yeah. And if I was playing it based off of experience, we'd be in one spot for so much longer and you would take forever to get through a campaign book. But that's not what wizards want. They want uh, wizards as in the company. Um, <laughs> they want 
you to go through these campaign books so yeah. you can get to the next one because yeah that 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 that's an that's another positive that I'll give milestone is that because of milestone leveling I can get through two campaigns in a year yeah definitely like like even right now like we finished Storm King's Thunder. We tied up Lucens in um, uh, Princes of the Apocalypse, and now we're halfway through Descent into Avernus, all in one year. Mm-hmm. And you started with Waterdeep. Yeah, yeah, and it's like, and here so. I am, like I did three years of just my own homebrew stuff, and that was kind of like several little mini quests throughout. But then mm-hmm. I did Storm King's Thunder in about two years, mm-hmm. and. Like, granted, that's because, like, I do play every week, but that's because I was almost following the same, like, pace of leveling up that experience was giving us, Mm. as opposed to following what the book was suggesting to level up. Yeah. But that's because it would have felt weird if all of a sudden it's like, okay, you're level 10 now, but guess what? We're going to go up five levels in the next eight sessions, guys. (laughs) (laughs) So I, I did have to kind of stretch that one out a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, you, you got any other positive or negatives on that one? Um, I will say it depends heavily on your DMing style. Um, yeah. That, it, that uh, yeah, I, I think that's true too. If you're the type to set up encounters and have them be ready for wherever they go, and you're the type of person to have written down each monster that's going to be in each room, you already know how much experience is going to be worth in each of those rooms. You already yeah. know how much experience is going to be worth through a whole dungeon. You've done that work. If you're a discovery DM, so to speak, <laughs> <laughs> uh, more akin to what I do now, um, where it's like, yeah, wherever my players go, I'll go. Like, I don't I don't rule this story. They do. Yeah. Then doing experience leveling up creates a ton of work for you. And work that's not fun. Unnecessary work. It's just yeah, math. Unnecessary work, in my opinion. Yeah, it's math, and you could make the story pacing really wonky, and uh, it really just kind of depends on on how you DM. That's that's what I'll say. Like, take note of how you do things and engage from there. Agreed. I don't. I don't think there's a better way to to end that topic than with that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so this would be the point in the show uh, from now on where we do Champions Loop. But again, it is in tomorrow's first episode of Previous On, so please go check that out. Let us know what you think about it. Leave, leave a review talking about it. Tweet at us. Email us. Do mm-hmm. something to let us know what you think. Because if you do enjoy it, the only way we're going to know to keep doing it is if you let us know. Yes. But you can also get a free gold chest to celebrate the third year anniversary of Idol Champions. Woo, happy birthday! Birthday, which was your birthday too. I know they share a birthday with me. It's great. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> no, that really is awesome. I, I, it, it, it took me way too long into the morning to realize that too. <laughs> <laughs> I am a terrible brother-in-law. Nah. Uh, all right, uh, let's do a DC spotlight, and this week's spotlight is going to be the host class, which is on DM's Guild. This is by Kyle Wagner Toddy. Uh, and this class looks so freaking cool, Allie. Yeah. There, it is, it is a, it's a class on its own, but it has, uh, several subclasses. There are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten subclasses in here. And let me read you a little bit about what the host is. Uh The host is a martial class that is based on a monster sharing your body due to an arcane (sighs) ritual or other causes. 
You call upon them for protection and offense at the cost of being counted as the monster type that occupies you and a limited resource to call upon uh, to call upon them. Oh my god. The host uses endurance points in order to reduce damage, boost their AC, and use special abilities based on the monster that is uh, occupying their body, uh, choosing from one of the following types. I'm not going to go through all of them. You can go check it out on DM's Guild. We're going to tweet out the link. But some of them are the ooze, the aberration, the dragon, the celestial, and all of them come with a different play style and, and what you can do with them. Um, this is, I, the, I, first off, the art that's on the page caught my eye, but the idea of this looks phenomenal. People in the reviews are, are loving this class and it's just at the concept, but also in play. So I highly recommend going and check out the host class again by Kyle Wagner Toddy. Uh, we'll tweet it out, uh, when this episode goes up, uh, or you can just go find it on your own by typing in the host class. Oh my God. Uh, have you, Okay. This is on topic, but off topic. Have you ever seen the anime Parasite? <laughs> oh no, I haven't. But I, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And actually, uh, d- did you did you go to the DMs Guild page? No, not yet. <laughs> That's funny because there is a very uh, Parasite like image that accompanies this description. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, if y'all got Netflix, go check out Parasite because one, it's it's a fun horror anime. Two, it's very much this this class and I, I i'm really intrigued i like it <laughs> uh yeah so uh check that out once again the host class mm-hmm. all right now let's go into our second topic which is combat pacing yes <laughs> this is one of those lovely topics where i'm like hey trevor you want to talk about this because ooh, disguise i need help <laughs> <laughs> god dang it Allie. <laughs> <laughs> you know i do this every now and then but you know it's it's one of those times <laughs> all right so 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 what do you got so i've been running into an issue where recently we get into this big fight and before i know it we have to stop for the night because we've been playing this fight for two hours and no one's really Ooh. enjoying it. And I have to be like, all right, guys, we'll come back to it next week. And no one's excited about coming back to this big fight next week. <laughs> mm. Okay. You know, and it's like, I would like to say, oh, yeah, this happened at a specific time. However, this kind of happens more than once, which is not great. Okay. Um, so like, I, I understand how to do a little bit of combat pacing, but however, I would say I'm far from being great at it because I just said this happens more than once. (laughs) (laughs) Well, like, I, I don't necessarily think there's anything wrong with having a two hour, uh, combat and then having to take a break. We, we've had those before. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I know, like, I know there's plenty of people out there in the community that love their four-hour, five-hour combats. Yeah. <laughs> I personally am not one of those. Um, but I think the, the big difference is that those people are excited to go into that four-hour combat. Yeah, sure. Yeah, <laughs> and, and it it might be for different reasons. Yeah. Um, But um, I know that, like, when I find that you know, I'm on the third round straight of going, all right, they hit, all right, you missed, or stuff like that. I'm like, okay, they're just dancing around on this grid and swinging and missing and nothing is happening. Like, I, I remember once I had a, a, a encounter with a boss. No one hit each other for two rounds, <laughs> not even the boss. Literally, like, if you had removed dramatic music or anything, you just saw this battlefield from a distance, you just hear... 
Like, you wouldn't hear anything cool. <laughs> or they just had, a, like, a slap fest for, like, a minute straight. And it's like, oh, great. No one did anything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, for me, like, the what I have found to, to do with this um, isn't quite up to pacing. Well, it kind of is, I guess. Um, it, I, 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 I like doing stuff in combat that is unexpected and uh, adds something uh, adds an element to the combat that is more than just let's go kill the thing mm-hmm. so like um okay non-spoily version but i hope you understand what i'm saying the big fight at the end of storm king's thunder there is a possibility that an important npc is in the fight with them so i had it that the big bad person was directing all of their fury at them yeah. So that then changed it from okay, well, we got to focus on just killing this thing. It's like, oh, we got to keep this person alive. We need to protect them. Mhm. Um and so like that that's one way that I did that one and then with Curse of Strahd, like you guys had like four rounds. <laughs> But several of you said it was the most traumatic fight you've ever had. Because, <laughs> yeah. like, and, it, like, the fight technically only lasted barely a minute. <laughs> yeah. Like, the, the, the way that I... I think the best way I could describe my pacing in combat, when I want it to be exciting, because don't get me wrong, here, here, here's the thing I'm going to preface this with. You don't need every combat to be exciting you don't need every combat to be like you know have amazing pacing whatnot sometimes you just fight some goblins because you piss them off in a bar Mm -hmm. sometimes it's just a quick thing but like if it is one of those fights where like i do want it to mean something and something like that i will i don't usually plan out the things ahead of time that i'm gonna do i usually just go with that would be crazy let's do it um you can hear on previously on tomorrow if if you've uh, if you're fine with descent to Avernus spoilers some stuff that I had happen because somebody rolled a one, um, yeah. or um, or even just like it, you can do it in the other way too where somebody rolled a crit but then something bad happened out of it I, and I'm okay I'm gonna bring it up again Fancy Flight Star Wars <laughs> <laughs> the thing I love about the narrative dice system in that is the fact that you can have a success that has something terribly wrong go with it mm-hmm. and so that's kind of where I bring in those fate dice that I've been talking about not the game fate but just 2d10 where if something could happen I will roll to see if it should and that'll help break up the monotony of what do you do I attack okay you hit Next. What do you yeah. do? I attack. Okay, you miss. Next. It, yeah. it that kind of stuff would help break up the monotony of that and will help move the the combat along. Yeah. Um like uh it, it, in Curse of Strahd, we were it was getting really late. I wanted to wrap it up, but it was in the middle of an encounter, so I went, what could I do to like have a dramatic point where yeah, that's where the episode would end. And so I had a hag grab one of the unconscious players and vanish. <laughs> and I and I still lo- I still remember all of you just going, "What?" <laughs> and I'm like, "That's where we're going to stop for tonight." Yeah. <laughs> um so 
if if I could find a way to I it's almost like I'm breaking up the pacing where like if we've got something going I will introduce something that can heck with it uh, <laughs> <laughs> um Disruptive. and and I know yeah and I noticed this a lot uh, well, not a lot. I noticed this from time to time in pre-written campaigns, which is where I got the idea from it, where it's just like um, on the third round, this person comes in. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they're making a lot of noise six rounds from now, they or not six rounds from now. You know, what, you know what I mean? Like on this count, they come in and stuff like that. Yeah. So like that had me thinking about introducing more than just what's in the encounter, because like. If you are just doing it where you're rolling initiative, everyone's taking their turn, everyone's going back and forth on hitting each other, you're basically playing Final Fantasy. Like, you're on the two planes, you're just going back and forth and hitting it. So, the fun thing to do is, like, okay, how can I break up that plane? How can I introduce a new problem? How can I introduce uh, a new enemy? Um, What can I do to break up this monotony of... Swing, hit, swing, miss, swing, hit, swing, miss, heal. Like, it's, it's, and it, you can do it in so many ways where, like, you can do stuff where it, it makes your party cheer, but you could also do stuff that makes your party go, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those, those are my favorite ones. Yeah, those, those are fun. <laughs> yeah. But, like, I, I feel like I'm rambling here. <laughs> no, um, it, it makes sense because, like, the thing about pacing is that just like in a story uh, outside of combat, so to speak, you don't want it to drone on and it be monotonous because in the end, a story kind of wants that action. It wants that adventure uh, and it wants uh, conflict to add in there. Yeah. And, and I, I guess that's another thing to, to think about is to have the combat the you know react from the story or add to the story there I, I I'm sorry I can't remember who said this famous quote but there it was said that every line in a book should progress the story mm-hmm. and and I and I would love to say that I'm able to do that with combat but not every time again you might have just pissed off some goblins and in, in in a tavern yeah but like if if you can find a way to to tie what's happening in combat even stronger to the story that you're doing, then it makes that combat memorable. And I think that, you know, when I get down to it, I think that's kind of what I'm going for is just like, I want a combat to be memorable. I don't want them just to be like, Oh yeah. And then we fought the dude, mm-hmm. but I want to have, I want to be able to be like, you know, Oh yeah. And then I grabbed uh, the rope of the chandelier and cut it and then flew up into the air. Um, and then you rolled a one and fell on your face. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, I guess uh, a good example is, uh, this is spoiler free, um, Icewind Dale. I ran a mission from there and the person that they were about to fight brought up direct mention to the Frost Maiden. And at mm-hmm. first, it had nothing to do with the Frost Maiden, and they were like, "Whoa, wait, what does this mean?" And it made them consider like this combat, and they're like, "Wait a second. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a great um, point. But like uh, other things that you could do, like, like it, it's 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 hard for me to say because it's so situational. But in in it, for me, it's a lot of improv mm-hmm. where 
I'm thinking about, you know, like, oh, what could be cool here? How can I tie it to the story? Okay, like, we'll we'll do this. Like, okay, they're fighting Zentarum right now. Well, they don't know it, but the actual bad guy that they're after is part of the Zentarum. So what clue could I give them right now through these combatants to lead them further down that? Yeah. So... It might be like, oh, they've heard this one thing about the big bad guy that, like, his guys wear, uh, like, a, a red necklace or something like that. And then you could be like, okay, you go to swing, you hit. You, uh, the cross guard of your sword actually catches the leather of their of their uh, leather armor and pulls it and tears it a bit. And you see the a, a glint of red hanging around their neck. It adds a element to the fight. Yeah. And... So then uh, that could change the entire pacing of the combat from, all right, we're going to kill these guys too. We need this dude alive. Mm-hmm. So if, if you can change the, the, what the characters are going for mid combat, I feel like, and I, you know, this is just anecdotally for me as a DM, this is not gospel. <laughs> I'm never going to say it is. <laughs> um, but I feel like if I can get something like that, if I can change why the players went into this combat during it, they're not only going to remember it, but it means something to the rest of the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm. Uh, <laughs> I I'm a huge note taker in in pretty much every campaign I I'm in and mm-hmm. also run. Um, mm-hmm. the, I'm a I'm a huge the the way I handle combat. I will write they fight. And then a line under <laughs> yeah. that, I will write, they win. And yeah. unless something happens, that's how all my fights are summed up. Yeah. And so now you're making me think like, well, what can I do to make it so that I write more than just those two lines? Yeah, it, it, it's, it's doing stuff like that can can make it more exciting and, and like okay so th- th- this is one so like we'll, we'll go back to the example that you were saying like where you had the long combat and you know you're coming back to it um i picked this up from chris perkins watching dice camera action he did cliffhangers all the freaking time mm-hmm. and i loved them and made me always want to come back and see what happened next because of this cliffhanger and like i that's that is what inspired that curse of strahd moment yeah was where it was like, okay, I, I want to just do something real quick, but how, what? And I went, just do something unexpected that's going to leave them with a cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. So I, I almost feel like if you have to cut a combat midway, doing that is a fun way to do it. Like, with, uh, the uh, you'll hear it tomorrow. Uh, when Uthal shifts to the astral plane. I'm like, you screwed over another player. This is a great place to break because that's a cliffhanger. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I mean, like, hilariously, because of playing in Strahd with you doing that kind of thing, it kind of caused me to also pick up on that, which is great because it makes for your sessions actually ending on time as opposed to like, okay, guys, we're in the middle of a fight. We can't really finish in the middle of a fight. So we have to keep mm-hmm. going until like 11 p.m. at night. Whereas yeah. now I'm like, no, this huge thing just crit on your friend and he's standing over him with a sword facing down and that's where we're going to end for the night. And they're like, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. Like if if it's been just going back and forth and back and forth, uh, you could be like, oh, the, the, the bad guy 
sums up all of his rage. You can almost see him like Super Saiyan power consuming. And he rushes at you, knocks you down, flicks your sword away, and points the blade directly at your neck and says, yield. And that's where we're going to stop for tonight. Because mm-hmm. Like, I yeah. love doing that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, and how you end it and when you end it is a huge part of pacing. Because if there's one thing that I've learned, especially through what I mentioned earlier, is that... I'd rather end it in the middle of a fight versus going the entire way because Mm -hmm. you will lose that momentum. Even if your players go in there and they're like, yes, but if a fight is taking like 10 plus rounds to go through, that's when it starts just getting draining and it's like, oh boy. The one other thing that just popped into my head that you can do uh is I, I haven't done this too often but it, it's kind of fun where like okay think of like the anime jrpg video game fight where you kill the boss second form you kill the boss again third form <laughs> like you can kind of do that with their hp where it's just like okay they've lost a third of their health have them do something because of that have them change something about how they're doing change who they're targeting, change how they're uh, uh, affecting this entire combat and make them almost more deadlier. Not in damage, in... Like, it's almost like dramatic theater where you're just... You're scaring the players by what they're doing. Oh, it's yeah. like, yeah, you that wizard could cast Fireball, but uh, what if instead it uh, he banished the uh, fighter... That's where we end. Then when we pick back up, that fighter is uh, finding himself in a new plane of existence with, I don't know, like some crazy old wizard who's like, I'm your only way out of here, um, but you have to do something for me first. My toe's really itchy. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Like like just changing up and doing unexpected things like that can make that combat more memorable than just if the, he just cast Fireball. No one's going to remember the Fireball, but everyone's going to remember when the fighter got banished and had to scratch a wizard gnome's toe. <laughs> I, I mean, like, I- <laughs> what's funny is that you mentioned this, but now that I think about it, the books do kind of... Uh, they, they, they suggest that a lot, where things change. Like, when this dragon hits half health, it runs away and it's like yeah that's a difference in the combat that changes yeah. things it's like when this guy gets to half health he forgoes all cover and he runs out yeah and it's like oh it's like i didn't realize that a lot of books specifically kind of point that out to do it until you were talking about that right now and no that's a great point because i kind of do that subconsciously without realizing um like oh yeah no this wizard does not want to die if they understand mm-hmm. that things are going down and poorly for them, they will either A, try to convince them not to be killed, or B, get the fuck out of there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I will say that it doesn't always work. Sometimes you, you decide to do something that you think would be cool in the moment, and you accidentally end up killing your wife. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's how that fireball happened. Mm-hmm. Every, okay, I'll say this. Everyone remembered that fireball. Yes. yeah Ooh, that's something that i want to point out because that's happened to me before not necessarily you know killing my wife with the fireball thing but (laughs) um i've like had i came up with an idea of like oh that would be a great moment to end on and so then i'm like oh yeah it was literally a banishment 
Um, oh, they were <laughs> in the abyss. And they were on a completely different plane of existence. And Valindra or someone, the big bad, was going to banish them. And I'm like, oh, that's perfect because they just go home. And mm-hmm. then what do you do? And so it's like, I was gonna like, oh, yeah, that'd be great. And I'm thinking about that. And I'm like hyping myself up about this story beat. And then my players, for the life of them, passed every time. They never failed mm-hmm. their save. And so I missed out on that story beat. But then I was so hyper-focused on getting there that the bad guys gave up like two turns trying to do it. <laughs> yeah. So I guess if I have to say anything with that is be careful if you do come up with those ideas. You know, oh, yeah, the, improv the, the, is a the thing. thing that I'll say, the thing that I will say is um, those big moments normally need to be things that the players don't roll for. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying, okay, I'm going to reiterate here. I am not saying to just overpower and break the rules and do whatever you want. <laughs> like no. roll an attack, do that. But yeah, I highly, I, I, I don't recommend doing the saving thing, even though I use it as an example earlier, because yeah, there's a chance it doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Um, So do with it as you will, but I highly recommend just trying it out and the, 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 like, uh, yeah, just give it a shot and see how it goes. If it doesn't work, nobody knows. That's the fun <laughs> thing with DMing. If your plans don't <laughs> go the way you want, nobody knows. They don't have to know that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's, exactly. That's a great point. <laughs> um, I feel like I've talked my myself uh, just around in circles now. Yeah. Do, you, do you have any last things on combat pacing? No, you've given me a lot to, to consider and think about. And uh, thank you for, See, I'm over here. for this ambush questioning here. <laughs> I'm over here just like, I don't even know if I really answered about combat pacing. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but hopefully, listeners, you got something out of that. Or you think that I'm totally wrong and an asshole and uh, should not be DMing that way. If you feel that way, uh, send them to difficultyclass@gmail.com, and I won't read them. Uh, <laughs> I will. <laughs> uh, but that is going to do it for this week's episode in our new stylish format. And it's... Looking at the time, we're doing pretty good. We got to talk about quite a bit there. Um, please let us know if you like this new format. Uh, if you have any ideas or suggestions for what we could do even more to mix things up, we'd love to hear it. Send those into difficultyclass at gmail.com, and we'll take a look at them. Uh, the best way to support this show as it is uh, would be to leave a review on whatever podcast service you're currently listening to. And please, I would really love for any of you right now to go on uh, to iTunes or whatever, leave a five-star review, write something in there. We haven't actually had a written review in over a year, and I would love to get some more of those in there. It really does help us out. Yeah. Um, if you'd like to stay up to date on the show, you can follow us on Twitter at Difficulty Class and on Instagram at, uh, at Difficulty Podcast. Um, and you can write in with your own questions, topics, suggestions, anything under the D&D Son, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a difficulty class at gmail.com, and we'll look at them and maybe talk about them on a future episode. But until next week, have a good game. Mm-hmm.